Hey guys, welcome to Bros Banter, second season. This today we have a company you guys don't know about. A company that's in pharmaceutical, a company that's in drugs, biotech, legal drugs, legal drugs, biotech. We're here with Shaman Pharma, which is a company that you guys I hope will take a look at because once you hear these guys out, you'll know they have a serious company. Alex, Nick, who are you guys? Well, we um, we're entrepreneurs in the pharmaceutical space. Uh, we started out by acquiring a lab from a pharmaceutical company uh, in 2018. Uh, we started operating the lab in 2019. And, um, just before COVID. Just before COVID, yeah. Uh, and basi yeah, basically, uh, we're, we're fully licensed by uh, Health Canada. Uh, we, we have a license, what's called a narcotics dealer's license. And we've added... We've applied with Health Canada to add psychedelic substances to that license. So we already had different drugs on it, like opioids and things like that, that we're testing for other pharmaceutical companies. And uh, they basically granted us everything that we were applying for. So we just kept going and we got, you know, uh, authorized for ketamine, MDMA, uh, psilocybin, which is what's in magic mushrooms uh, and, and other drugs. And then, you know, people, I don't know if they're aware that it was a sort of a boom in the psychedelic drug sector um, to find new therapies for mental health and other types of indications. Uh, but there's many issues with that because they're restricted substances. So not anybody can just start a company and start doing that, right? It's not like making an app or you just need some programmers because you actually need the licenses, the laboratory, the scientists, the instrumentation. It's very expensive. And... Even applying for the licenses, if you're not already starting from an already existing license, you're going to have to wait maybe like two years, three years oh, to get the license yeah. if and be, and you get the license. because You need your DEL, your drug establishment license, even before being able to apply for your for your uh, narcotics dealer license. Yeah, you basically have to build your facility, hire your team, uh, get everybody's degree check, checked and all that, and then... Uh, you know, wait two years to get the license to start operating. So it's quite challenging and um, expensive to do. Which is why a lot of companies base themselves on just partnerships with companies like us, with universities, and they went public with no facility, nothing. They said, oh, we have a, a dealer's license. We can uh, handle psych uh, psychedelics, psilocybin, MDMA, whatever. But the, the only thing they had was a partnership for two years. And all these companies now, they're going down because either universities, they don't renew the partnership. So the company now has nothing. They cannot even handle the, site, the, the, the substances that they're working with. So, yeah. The interesting thing is, uh, is actually the, uh, the concept of your company, how it came about is, like you said, you purchased a lab in 2018. So... Having that lab, you have tangible assets. You're moving, you know, that already had an existing uh, clientele. That yeah, was doing. We had a book of business and the relationships <laughs> in big pharma. Uh, what I like to call the the old big pharma. I like to think <laughs> of this as the new generation of big pharma, which uh, is great for a company like you guys are saying. Like, you're not going at a dead start. There is a revenue generation, which that's is happening. rare in the bio biotech sector to have to be like actually to have revenues, right? So all those companies, they go there, they go public and they go through crazy fundings, but they have zero revenue. They're just blowing money. 
Well, they are the investing in, in research and development, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you know, but it, it does look like a company is pulling money because it's very, very expensive. And nine times out of 10, they don't really, gener you know, generally succeed in finding a new drug for the condition that they're targeting. So you like, mentioned, Nick, you mentioned that you guys actually have a book of clients, clients that, that uh, probably got, like you said, they got that didn't have a license or couldn't couldn't work with a lab for a length of time. What's the process with that? So if, if I'm a company and why would I take your services and, and what were your services like if I'm let's say I'm dealing psilocybin? Yeah. So, well so. you're you're going you're gonna save about two or three years uh waiting for your approvals. From, it can be uh, more than that government. actually. Well it could be never, right? Because <laughs> Alf Canada don't give those licenses easily. Yeah, because like these three are hard years if they give yeah. it easily, right? That's yeah. the normal process, the standard uh, process yeah. that they were going through years ago. Now there's so many requests for those licenses. They 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 not they didn't stop. I, didn't, I don't want to say they stopped giving those licenses, but you have to go through a thorough process. And like Alex said, you have to build your lab. You have to hire your employees. You have to run it for two three years minimum before you get even response from Health Canada saying yeah. so you, you have an overhead of like five to ten million dollars and two to three years before you can start operating um, one of the big issues with that is you know there's a window of opportunity and who knows the opportunity is still going to be there in two or three years for a startup for, that's for a startup it. right so as a startup <laughs> if, if you want to get into the sector at least you want to start messing around with these 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 products well you have to get the licenses which is a costly process you have to build up so and and you're not even profitable for those two years you're no. just losing money it's, it's a it's a burn rate 100 percent burn rate right it's, Jesus. yeah so basically what's happening in, in the industry is that there's there's quite a few companies that set out you know being passionate about this this subject oh yeah we're going to take psychedelics and we're going to look at their therapeutic effects and all that um, which is great, but you can't just go out and do that. Mm -hmm. So then we, we looked at that and we're starting to get traction with our companies. Well, can we work with your lab to do this because you have the licenses and all that? And we looked at it and said, well, actually, let's make that a business model, uh, what they basically call a venture studio, where we're partnering with these companies and you know, we can start by just invoicing them for the work that we do at first to see if it's going the right direction. This is a good partnership. Uh, but really what we're aiming to do is to then either create a joint venture with these companies or to make an agreement where we sacrifice a part of our profit margin in exchange for, you know, uh, uh, royalties, ro royal, royal, like a royalty stream um, or directly equity yeah, in shares. the company, yeah. right? Yeah. What I call the j Very model, you know, JV equity, royalties and yeah. invoicing. Yeah. Right. And the thing is, is that what it, I have a, like a, I, I see what you guys do and I'm going like, okay, you're the, you're the serious face of a lot of these brands that are coming out because that's one thing that I see in this market is I see a lot of branding <clears throat> and branding's cute. You know, it's cute, but you, you're the guys that test, you know, the pudding. Okay, this is what you're getting. This is what it's producing. This is what it delivers. These are the specs. And the pudding works, though. We, they become a partner as well. Exactly. exactly. But, but that's the most important thing is you can have all the branding power 
in the world, but if your product does not deliver, game over. It's, it's done. game over. Yeah. It's done. It's like, no, no I'm it's sorry. A, it's a lot of money up up in the air, right? Mm. So if you can reduce the, the, the risk and reduce the, the, the spending and we're willing to participate basically in the risk, um, and for us, it's great because we call it risk, but it's effectively reduced because we, we start so far ahead, mm -hmm. right? Um, so it's like risk slash opportunity for us. You get to you decide. Know? You get yeah, to we, decide. We, we, we get to decide. And, and, you know, sometimes companies, we get, you know, we have the, the expertise that some investors don't necessarily have. Like when people bring us a project, well, we can have a really scientific look at it. We can take it to our PhDs. They can they, they can tell us it's like, this is great. Or are you kidding me? This is never going to work, right? So so we have the in-house expertise to actually evaluate things. And if we're not too sure, well, look, we'll take them as a client and we'll invoice them, right? If it makes some progress, we'll be like, well, look, here's our standard paperwork for creating a joint venture, and uh, let let let's do this together. Because yeah, we're not a consulting company, but it happens so many times that we just did consulting work because company come to us. And we have more expertise than them in what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So we're like we guide them through what they're what they want to do by, and then it's just we're doing consulting, advising. And it sounds to me like you guys are <coughs> have a different approach to big pharma because big pharma actually would, or at least would wait for companies to spend a lot of money on one product, lose a lot of money, like you mentioned in French, on on potentially a product that might never see the market. Why well, you guys are like in in the best possible you're in the sweet spot? Yeah, you're in the sweet spot because not only do you you'll take them as a client because the money's good, but at the same time, if you like the project, you can actually get involved exactly. and keep a stake in it. Like that's a. Right. I mean, how, how and, and it, it creates a, a portfolio in our mm -hmm. holding, um, and it's sort of organically risk adjusted. Of course, you know? uh, I I think the success rate will be higher in our portfolio than like a, a normal portfolio if you just invest a little bit in everything that comes out. You know out, would right? be a Which... wild idea if she ever made that portfolio an actual portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I mean like if you actually launched an, in like an ETF that's on the companies that you're betting on. Hey, let's not give them ideas here because they might they might start <laughs> fun. They might start fun. Did I did I leave my laptop turned on somewhere? Have you been have you been snooping but, reading my emails? No, but that's a great but that because you're at you're the box. You own the box. You're in there and you can say, okay, well, yeah, okay. This well, is what you want to do. This is what actually it does. There's a disconnect or this is okay, or like let's say uh, MDMA market for treatment. If since you're well connected and with uh, Health Canada, this and that, you already have a potential roadmap of how long it will be before it's applicable to people for prescriptions. You already have a little bit of inside knowledge, and you're going like, okay, maybe I'm not going to go in. I'm going to wait two years. Well, we know it's going to be long. But we don't know how long it's going to be still. And we're positioned to exactly talking about the risk. Now, us, we're invoicing the companies that are taking all the risks because mm -hmm. we do, we can do the formulation, we do the testing, stability testing. We do, we have all the equipment to test those substances, to formulate them, to do the R&D and to sell it to the companies that are paying for the clinical trials. So we invoice all those companies that are risking all their money. Uh, don't you like the, those words? 
We're not. We're, we're literally not taking the risk. Well, if Phoebe, I, I love. I love those words. If I was an <coughs> investor and if this was a company that I could invest in. I would be like going, uh, those are the words that you sell me. It's like, yeah, because what, you're aware. Things, we, we are taking the risk, but we, we have eight legs to stand on, mm -hmm. right? So we can actually afford to, to take the risk, but we, it, it was going to be a very educated decision because we're going to look at it. Maybe it's something we've tried before with another company, uh, but mm -hmm. something we can put in front of our scientists and, and we can be very honest with the people that approach us and tell them like, look, we're, we're going down this road our goal is to actually participate in the upside of yeah. this, not not just to do invoicing. We really want to see uh, uh, therapies get to market, and uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, we we want to do things that help improve the world, right? If if it if it doesn't do that, there's no market for it because we're talking about uh, healthcare, mm -hmm. right? And so we can evaluate: is this going to help improve something, or is is there zero chance that this improves something? You know, so and that's where the risk is and yeah. trying to like figure that out ahead if of If there is no potential, we won't participate into it, right? Well, so, and this is interesting. So you say that you're, you're minimizing your risk. Now, Big Pharma, okay? Big Pharma uh, finds a company that's getting all the way to a certain stage. Let's say I'm a, I'm a new company. I want to get into the sector, but I want to go the traditional approach. How much money? may I have to put up until I get to a phase one, phase two? And then big pharma actually may come in and take me seriously. How much money will that will my company have spent to get to a, to that point? Millions, correct? Hundreds of millions, right? Hundreds, yeah. Hundreds um, of millions. Yeah, there, there's a study that came out that basically they compounded the total amount of money that sort of gets spent and expanded across I think, the, the failures and successes and like what ends up being the average spend for the ones that are successful, if you also account for the ones that weren't. And it was somewhere around $3 billion. Ouch. So, and, and you guys essentially by being the box, seeing the companies, helping them, if you like the project, you then participate. It's also if we like the, 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 the people, the exactly. management. It's the all about you know, chemistry how, as well. Like, yeah. Ah, yeah. chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's not valid. Sorry, that, it, it's a good one. But that that being said, I He's mean, been preparing this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was working on it. But now was the time to put it out. But but that being said, I mean, you really are mitigating your risk because the the risk that that small company working in a silo would have and the money that they have to put in touch, you guys are, are never seeing that at all. Because you're you're in the position where you're, they have to go. Well, through we you. see it because we still give away some of our margin, uh, profit true. margin, to have potential to be partnering to this company if we like it, right? We're minimizing minimizing the risk. Yeah, I you, was saying we take no risk. That you minimize that. it. We, that's we do that's take the risk. best way. Yeah, yeah, you minimize uh, you minimize it, but also the, the a lot you minimize the, it a lot. The thing is, is like yeah, of course, you guys have the brains. Like you, when it when it shows to a company has a project and go, hey Alex, hey Nick, hey, you know, this is this is what I want to do with this, uh, and you're like, okay, we'll take a look at it. You got the brains, the brains, you know, that are all PhDs. They all know what they're talking about. They're not talking about likes, dislike, you know, like 
pretty much other companies, a lot of the other companies, there's always a gut factor. Well, I think this project is going to work. No, no. Yeah, so what we do, we're talking hard science. Yeah, we put like, like, nope. We put like five or six PhDs in a room Mm -hmm. and and we close it for like a day or two. And then whoever comes out alive is. (laughs) I I, I, I think Ubisoft tried that. (laughs) (laughs) That that didn't turn out well with their programmers. (laughs) Is that how they made the uh, Assassin's Creed movie? Yeah, absolutely. That is a great game, though. (laughs) Many programmers died that day. So essentially, you guys are. I mean, it, the concept is is amazing because I mean, the company you, you're not you're minimizing your risk. You have the licensing, you have the knowledge, you can build that portfolio of products that could be worth hundreds of millions. You're in a good position with if that. If that portfolio was a freely tradable ETF, that'd be amazing. Okay, stop yeah. with the ideas. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, 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 but yeah, just, just to, to touch back on that since he's bringing it up, right? Uh, what, what's, no, but what, <laughs> what, what's interesting is typically in biotech, like we're saying, the, the goal is to get acquired by big pharma. Yeah. So they're not companies that are set up, will build a sales department and a marketing department and all that. It's going to be strictly money spent in research and development and to move through the different stages of uh, clinical trials, right? Until either they run out of money or they decide to stop it because it's not successful and, and we'll, we won't burn all the money that we have, which is pretty rare actually, even if they know a lot of the cases, well, they'll, they'll go all the way, right? And then eventually the, the, the success rate is, is high enough that they'll get acquired by a, by a larger pharmaceutical company. You know, Sometimes before that, there's going to be multiple of these companies that are researching in the same yeah. domain. They're actually going to uh, uh, amalgamate together. And Big Pharma will wait until that happens and buy to the, acquire the, the, the whole thing, mm-hmm. right? Or they'll buy like the two top ones at the same time. So, so you see some of these things happening. But if that happens in the psychedelic sector... There's not going to be a psychedelic sector. There's just going to be a whole bunch of companies which are either going to fail or get acquired by big pharma. Right. Yeah. So, so the idea of actually having an ETF and companies out there that are actually not focused on just being acquired by uh, like the old style companies, yeah, is basically the only way that you're going to actually have a psychedelic industry happening. And and it's kind of sad to say, but right now. That's not really happening. And that's why I think if you look at the market caps, uh, some of our competitors, right, uh, like the top ones. Yeah, who are your competitors? Well, you're, you're, you're talking, you know, uh, Atai, uh, Compass Pathways, MindMed. Um, like, big, big guys, huh? Yeah, like, uh, you know, if you're looking at, at these companies, I mean, uh, Atai had at some point a $3.5 billion market cap. Damn. Compass, about $2 billion Mine met a billion and a half, something and like that. How much right? money have they spent to just get to that point? <laughs> Hundreds of millions, right? And they're all below a billion dollar market cap now. And unless they get very, very close with some of their clinical trials, they're not going to go beyond that. And even then, their value is capped. The threshold for their value is what people think that big pharma is going to buy them out for yeah, yeah. nobody's right? going to buy them out for three billion because nobody thinks anymore that these companies are are in it for the long run like everybody knows now the business plan for these companies is get to acquired. get taken out 
So nobody's going to pay a share price above what they think that, let's say, Pfizer or something like that is going to pay for yeah. the share at the end of the day. You know, mm. So it's a little bit, you know, uh, to, to take an example of another industry, the, the, the autom automobile industry, if the, the, the business plan for Tesla was to get acquired by Ford or GM, something like that, their market cap never would have been above what people think Ford or GM is going to take them out for, like two or three billion dollars or something like that, right? The market cap really went up when it became clear that it would we're not, not selling. Be acquired. No. Right? That that's because then people say, well, there, there's no longer that threshold here. There's yeah, that psychological right? threshold, that mm -hmm. uh, undeniable aspect is with uh, going like no. And also it became a meme stock, but that's a different story. Uh, also, pro you know, also that the guy that owns it is a meme stock himself. Who's that guy? <laughs> you know, watch uh, out. That guy might just start looking at your sector soon. <laughs> Welcome to call us. Yeah. No Elon. Problem. Elon. <laughs> he loves Vancouver. That's what I hear. So, And you guys do business companies from Vancouver, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we work with some of the companies out there and, and you know, sort of a uh, supply chain and Working through our licenses to supply them. And because that's like actually that, yeah. something else that you guys do, which is which is something that, you know, supply chain. Supply chain for, uh, for cannabis, which is an education in itself. Because, hey, I am not a pot smoker. Not my thing. You do it. Whoever I does it. Not get not anymore. Uh, too strong. You know, not my thing. Uh, too strong, yeah? It's yeah. too strong for me now. Cannabis, yeah. that's on the market. Cannot smoke it anymore. The, the, you mean the cannabis they sell the SQDC for real? Yeah. It's too strong? Ah, man. I smoked that and stopped talking for hours. Really? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I cannot. I don't really? even enjoy so, it. Which is great, actually. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was about to say, <laughs> his girlfriend must love smoke. it. <laughs> his girlfriend lo must love it. <laughs> this, this pasta tastes funny. Yeah. No, no, so, yeah. so to explain how it works, because at, at, at first, the people were like, well, how, how does that fit in with everything, right? Yeah. Um, if you look at it from a drug development point, point of view, it doesn't really work, right? Mm. But that's not really what we're doing. We're building a platform where we have the licenses, the scientists, uh, and the actual drugs, the, the actual substances, right? Because you can have all that if you don't have the substances, what are you going to do? That's it. So, uh, so because we're basically the first ones there, there's no supply chain in place. Um, and so we need to build a supply chain model. And we have, had already started doing that with with cannabis, where we're exporting cannabis from Colombia to uh, Europe by the, the hundreds of kilos, like not not actual flour, but like isolate purified CBD like isolate pure tea, pure CBD percent. Okay, so the CBD isolate it's powder, okay. yeah, like your protein you have here. It's isolate, right? Okay, for, for so manufacturers, we're not we're not selling the stuff to to B two B B two B. Okay, so it's B two B, so it never ends up on a you know, coffee shop in uh, no, Holland. No. No, well, there's actually so companies that are selling isolate to to customers, but I it, it's not. I don't I don't know what you're doing with that. To be honest, you have white powder of CBD. You know I, what you're doing, and it's not even. You're selling it as cocaine. That's what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what well, you're doing. Well, 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 right well funny story. The, the first time we exported back a hundred kilos of uh, CBD powder, which is basically Again, white powder from Colombia and into Germany. No. It took about two weeks right. for the no, but the first time I actually went through. Germany. Oh, I went through Germany. That's yeah. true. Actually, yeah. it, it it took about two weeks to have it released from uh, 
customs yeah. and, and they did the COAs and all that. So we didn't even have to do our own testing because we had testing from the German oh, government. Nice. <laughs> like I just imagine the customs agents, they get these boxes and says it's from Colombia and they open it and they saw like bags <laughs> they like, oh, that, that, those guys are really bad drug dealers. They don't try to hide it somewhere. It's plain, in plain sight like that. It's cheaper. Yeah. They probably thought they were going to have a really nice a Christmas bus. party <laughs> like whatever they do, but... Or just a sorry, big bust. Sorry to disappoint. But uh, yeah. so, but the the whole thing is, you guys. Uh, okay, so that aspect of the business is also something that most people don't even understand. That there, it's a commodity. At a certain point, drugs, a big category, can be seen as a commodity. It has to flow. It has to move from one place to another, yeah. and it follows different rules. And regulation, but systematically, it is a commodity, a, a, and you have to have a broker or somebody that understands how to make it move. So there's one aspect of shaman because it's part. Shaman is a holding. Well, you got one aspect of your business which is brilliant. It's all about being specialists in shuffling, uh, exporting, mm -hmm. which is I, I that one that I love. Uh, I love that aspect of it. I think it's brilliant. That's another that's another one too. Well, well, everything becomes commodified. Uh, yeah. Right. And and like right now for APIs, the active pharmaceutical ingredients um, for for most of the drugs in, cir in circulation, uh, like farm school drugs, prescription drugs, they're made in India or China. And so when there was the supply chain problems uh, during the pandemic, it became a, a big problem for the drug manufacturers to actually be able to procure their APIs, and, and that led us to realize how important the, the supply chain element is. It led us and, to, and how, to how we understand to, that, yeah. but it led us to make other people understand it, that how important are those companies managing the supply chain to make sure that you get your product. We can't and, be dependent on them, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and well, especially, we're, like, we're not uh, going to get uh, MDMA from India or, or, or China right now, so we have to take care of our own supply chain. Well, now we do have a supply chain of uh, GMP grade MDMA. Only one uh, in Canada and possibly in the world. Probably in the world, yeah. GMP, important to say to people because no, no, there's mind. slang that that you guys use in the industry and people are going like GMP, they don't know what GMP is. Yeah, good, good manufacturing practices, which is basically the certification that you get, the highest certification that you can get when they audit you when they, they look at literally everything. Everything. Okay. Talk about this source, though. I'm curious. You said this source is probably the only one in, in Canada. Yep. Obviously, GMP uh, MDMA. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not a secret. We, we, well. You can find the press release with uh, Pharmala, uh, a, a great company. It's actually it's already public. Uh, it's got a, a, a. So Pharmala is actually one of your clients. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're their export partners. So once their MDMA is manufactured. They send it to our, to our lab in our vault, uh, and we stock it there, and we are the ones that will manage the export for them. And dude, different clients. you should see their vault. I mean, it's like... Yeah, how, it's like... What does it look? What, it's a level seven long. vault. And what does that mean for a common investor that well, thinks up a vault to nine is levels, what he gets at a right? hotel? Eight or nine. No, like 11, yeah. Okay, okay, so it's not levels, Fort Knox. Yeah. There's no, like, uh, wires and, uh, you know... 
Why, everywhere to stop people? A, no, it's a it's just a big ass vault. It's a big ass vault. Uh, you have a monkey with a machine gun sitting on top of it. <laughs> could, could John McLean <laughs> get into this vault? Uh, no I'm not ducks. sure. No air so. ducts. There's no air ducts. Uh, in there. <laughs> no, but basically it's a vault level seven, as big as almost as big as this studio here. Um, we have three three access codes. We have the 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 digital thing. We have the the uh, the, 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 the rolling the seismic thing. seismic sensors. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, all that, all that stuff. Right? And so only two have... people from our lab can access the vault, which is not us. It's uh, our QA and uh, lab manager, if I if I if I'm correct. And then uh, vetted by the vetted uh, by the RCMP. Went through a whole process just to be able to certify be the ones with the code to get in there. Certify that they are the most unlikely people to ever, ever go in there and take it for recreational exactly. purposes. They, they, they are. And basically, I, I don't even have access myself. Like the, the vault is Alex proof. So, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's interesting. So the, the procedures are so severe. It's a, it's, it's a tough market to get into and to get these licenses, but you guys have them. And, and, and not only like because from what I'm gathering is you're not a legalization play. You have clients. And at the same time, um, rain get, or shine, you guys are, you, you, you guys do, are the box. Yeah, and you can export as well. Import. I mean, you, you manufacture manufacture. So you have pretty much a, there are so many hats that your company has. And at the same time, if you like a project, you can actually partake in that project. I mean, and you got the the big end of the stick because we're those... so far from 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 big pharma. I gotta say, yeah, and they got the beginning of the big end of the stick in the sense that all the companies they're dealing with, to you're offering them the chance to cut their bill and save save them time, save them cash, as long as they make a deal with you, which is good because any company that's going like, no, I don't want to make a deal, you're you're okay. You're like Another okay, good fine, thing, pay us. We're not assholes. There's a lot of assholes in there. Yeah, we, we still, you know, we, we don't want to make things larger than they need to be. And we like to use the resources that we have to work on projects that we believe in. You know, so the, so the, the people that we work in, we've looked, we've looked at the projects, we've evaluated them seriously. We have a process of doing, actually we have a process of doing everything. Our, our stack of operational SOPs. procedures is, is like maybe uh, like, the, 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 we have a standard operational procedure for absolutely everything, everything all the way up do. to the ceiling, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so we go to this process and we evaluate them. We 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 give them points, rank them, and 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 things like that. And then we decide like, are we going to work with these these companies or not? Like in terms of doing a joint venture with them or something like that. But even just to take them in as clients, we don't want to waste our time, even if we make some money, because this is time we could use somewhere else upside. And so that's going yeah. to be much more valuable down the road. So we have to make a very, very educated decision on how we use our resources. But how do you feel? Okay, how do you feel about, because uh, I've, I've been looking at, uh, you know, the psilocybin uh, market, and I see a lot of companies that are on TSXV, the CSE, and they, and this is really big judgment, but they like show their company, their, you go on their website, it's got full of funky colors, and they're like, really kind of selling you this idea that you're gonna go tripping. And where you're going like, but wait a second, that's great. 
I can get that from the internet. Illegal, but I can get it. But why are you advertising this way? Which is something that actually like was I, I never got because it's it's not there yet. The rules. Yeah, and and actually like advertising drugs that are not market approved is illegal, right? Mm -hmm. Which is one of our criteria. Some more SOPs when but, but you know what I mean. You, companies, right? But you guys know what I mean. You've seen those websites and they've got the funky colors. They're looking at the psychedelic. Yeah. You know, got that little which is which is okay to a certain point because mm. it's still a psychedelic market. So. It's in the culture. We need to not forget that. Even okay. if we're pharmaceuticals, but some a lot of companies are doing too much. So that's that's where the problem is in, in what you're mentioning. Yeah, I mean. because it's not it's not there yet. It's not like the cannabis market when the big cannabis rise was like, you know, Trudeau saying, okay, we're decriminalizing. It's going to happen in the next two years. It's going to be in stores. That was when the big cannabis search, uh, surge happened where everybody's getting licenses they're growing uh, they're buying fields and they're going crazy yeah but that's not the case because you guys are working on controlled substances that have an actual uh you know they're at the point where we want to bring this in as an alternative to what big pharma and i find like some companies are just creating this dichotomy to it i, I think cannabis was a huge problem because a lot of people were basically being penalized unfairly for their use of it. You know, they were using it for therapeutic reasons or for mm -hmm. recreational reason, but you know, you can use alcohol, you can use other things as well. So th there was this huge problem there where, okay, it's legal to stop a lot of problems from being created, but then the problems being created are actually bigger than the ones it's not stopping mm -hmm. actually, right? Uh, so, so I see the legalization of that had to be a solution to, to that problem, right? If you look at the psychedelics, it's more of a missed opportunity to use these substances to create new therapies. Okay. Right? And, and to really prove out that, that they work. So it's, it, it, I look at it in two different ways, really. Um, and the market is very different, right? Like you're, you're looking, okay, you're going to sell a, a gram of cannabis for $10, $15 or something like that, right? Versus... In in the pharmaceutical market, the way it works with the the payers and the providers, like the insurance companies, is is very different. You, you, the the cost is generally going to be adjusted to like what cost is being saved, right? So so if if a patient costs an insurance company a million dollars, while a solution to that might be priced at seven hundred fifty thousand dollars because that so this is the way that big pharma works generally you know which is not really okay because it's it keeps people out from from having cures and all that so so i think that with the 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 psychedelics you're actually able to solve that problem like like the the price of entry for treatment acceptable uh but at the same time it means well it creates a barrier of entry because the the there's less money in it mm, that's true for, 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 for big pharma, right? So I, I don't think they'll necessarily jump on this right away and replace their existing therapies with emerging ones that, that use psychedelics. So this whole model of like you take one indication, one, one substance and you drive it all the way and when you have phase three, big pharma is gonna swoop down and buy you for five, six billion dollars. I don't really believe in it. You know, and I think that's what a lot of companies are doing in the in the space right now. 
and there's going to be a reckoning. Actually, it's happening now because a lot of companies are actually running out of money and they're not. They haven't mm-hmm. been successful in getting acquired. Right. Oh. Okay. So there has to be a, a model where there's an ecosystem and these companies can work together. So, you mentioned that you guys want to start listing, or at least that's the goal. You're 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 hoping the list. Um, I don't know if we covered, but did we cover about you guys? Figuring out instead of wanting to go straight to the U.S. instead of going to Canada, yeah, like our our goal is to list on the Nasdaq uh, first. And why is that? Why why is the Nasdaq the the biggest place or the best place to go? Like if you're- why why do you want to list on Nasdaq? Well, you know, because we can. And the, in this industry, it's you you go for the top, right? So if if you can only fit a small exchange and you need liquidity or to use it to raise money then you might go to the CSC or yeah, something like exchanges. that you take an old mining shell and then you do an RTO with that and that's a pretty typical way of working it's been a very popular way of doing things in the in the cannabis industry for example uh, even for american companies to be able to go public because they're not allowed like uh, state allowed. operators are not allowed to yeah. go on, on the nasdaq yeah. Right. A lot of companies would have done that if they had been able to. Right. Now, because everything that we're doing is through licenses, government authorizations, and we're very strict uh, in how we operate with the regulations and all that, we're actually qualified to list on the NASDAQ. So we have to take that opportunity. It's like pretty much on paper. You guys are on paper as same as any uh, biotech you know, a company that's out there, you're as legit, you're, the procedures are there, everything's the same. You know, where's the difference? We have revenue. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so we're actually, we're actually closer to a pharmaceutical company than a biotech. And the, the distinction between the, the two for the people that are listening to, to us is biotech generally will go without revenue, raise, yeah, hundred, two hundred, enough money to bring a a, a drug to a high level of uh, clinical trials and then get acquired. They'll never make a sell or something like that. It's very very rare. Um, versus a pharmaceutical company is actually a company that aims to be profitable, pay dividends, and they're the ones doing the acquisition and building a. Which is essentially what you guys are doing. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Because if there's no pharmaceutical company in this space, this space is not going to exist. It's just going to be. Uh, a collection of biotechs that either eventually fell or get acquired by large pharma, old school pharmaceutical companies. That are gonna get sh- that'll shelve it until probably shelve them because yeah. it's not the right time to cannibalize their existing drugs, which are already on the market. Or they're gonna spin it for a for a younger clientele and see if it works. But by that time it happens, who knows? Will it yeah. work? It's so. a crazy space. Eh? It's an interesting space. I, I never knew that uh, the pharmaceutical or uh, bio bio sector space was like this. It's uh, it's it's completely new to me. I'm more of a metals guy. More of a I trade the index or at least try to find opportunities where I can. But it seems to me clear that you guys are in a good sector. You have a different approach to it, and at the same time, you've sort of found a way to to box the market in your favor while leaving you as much upside as possible. I mean, it's it's a great play. And on top of that, you guys want to list on the NASDAQ, which is, I, I don't want to say it's bold, but I think it makes sense because I don't think Canada or at least the Canadian market could could sort of uh, have the volume to, to host a stock like yours. So it's a, it's a very good idea. I mean, 
you guys are you guys are building something super interesting here, right here in Quebec too, in our in our own backyard, which is which is amazing. And that's that's the funny thing about it is a lot of people, you know, we always look at companies from afar when it's time to invest. It's like I want the big companies, big companies. Well, big companies start somewhere, and you know, it starts off with an idea. It starts off with a concept. It starts off sometimes with acquiring a lab and saying, "Oh my God, we already have these licenses with this lab," you know. It's and then you follow up on it, and then you've mapped out your plan. And you're actually really good also for the other ecosystem, which are the companies that are on the CSE that are into this, uh, you know, pretty much like uh, companies like Red Light Holland or other companies like them. You're a necessity for them to be alive. They need companies like us. They need this company that has the licenses and the expertise to do whatever they want with, with their product, right? So they want to even think about bringing their product available for clinical trials, they need a partner like us that will process their product, that will import into Canada, that has the license and they know what to do with their product to be able to put in capsules, for example. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, you guys are even solving a supply chain issue for these companies that they probably didn't even know, or at least didn't figure that they would need to know about. And you guys have already figured out solutions for that. So. I mean, and I, they're making steady income on their traditional uh, testing and, and exactly. control. Quality control of pharmaceuticals, vitamins, natural so guys, health products. When can I buy the stock? <laughs> <laughs> when can I buy the stock? Well, watch for us hitting the NASDAQ uh, in a year. And, uh... <laughs> oh, both team. Both team. Okay, okay, we got to clock it. And it on is that, Wednesday. Guys. 21st of September 2022. I'm expecting on Wednesday, 21st of September 2023, to be able to buy some shaman and hopefully on the, the Nasdaq. Hopefully, the big Quebec funds, the Case of Depot Investment, the Quebec, big boys, finally the put big their balls boys will the actually look at a company like yours, give it the respect that it deserves, and not be late to the party for once. Yeah. Let's hope. Yeah. Let's hope. That, nah, that you know what? Let's fair. not hope. Let's make it happen. Yeah. 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 Yeah, with yeah. them, they pretty much choose when they make it happen. So, <laughs> well, it 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 sounds it sounds dumb, but that's the reason why we created our company. That's the reason why we have this podcast, is because if we're gonna get these bigger funds to look at smaller companies or at least jump on these companies the right time, well, they have to hear about you. And yeah. for some reason, um, they always hear about company like companies like yours when it's too late. We talked about it earlier with Celsius. So hopefully, when they see this content, we're not a company like Celsius. Well, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> no, no. But when they see this content, they'll know. Oh, this is a company I have to look at. Yeah, I got to think about it. I think about the future. Think about this whole new market that's opening, and not wait till these guys sh show up at my door and invite me for a very expensive. Yeah, and lunch. maybe maybe put a bit of public funds in a place that I'll actually make profit. <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy idea. Yeah, yeah. Crazy idea. <laughs> Insane. On that, guys, thank, thank you, you, for, thank you for coming. Cheers. And uh, thank you, everybody. Best of luck, but I don't think you guys will need it. No, no luck needed. And we'll take it anyway. That's it. That's it. And that's a wrap at Bros on Bros Banter.